What's up, everybody? Just want to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Jungle Television. Jungle Television is creating gourmet art and streetwear drawn and screen printed by hand here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, this dude, Alex, is making some of my favorite art. And uh, I have a bunch of Jungle Television t-shirts. They are heavy in my rotation and just always blown away by the things that he is making. The Mushroom Hunter jackets are some of my favorites. Those are really dope. But yeah, if you need jackets, shirts, hats, just prints, very cool prints, um, hit this dude up. The Jungle Television link will be in the episode notes along with the Instagram tag. And if you use the code DCP at checkout, you'll get 20% off of your next order. So take advantage of that. Check out the uh, the Jungle Television Instagram, Cruise Alex's designs. Um, they're very, very dope. And next level, appreciate his support and sponsorship of this thing. Let's start the episode. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And uh, you say a few nice words and that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels. And just a great way to support the growth and sustainability of this thing. I appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. You can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which features a bunch of in-studio performances from musicians, as well as some live show performances and a short documentary that I made a couple years back on a band called uh, Tribe Mars. And uh, just all genres covered on that YouTube channel. I'll put all the links in the episode notes so you can keep up with those things as well as uh, my special guest for this week's episode, episode 228. I've got my childhood friend, Trent Bailey, is on the show. And uh, we're switching things up a little bit. We're moving out of the, the music in comedy realm this week and uh i wanted to have trent on to talk to me about his uh his military experience he is a a navy veteran and i have known this dude since we were five years old he's one of my best friends one of the people i'm closest with on this uh on this strange planet and we've had so many dope adventures 
together and uh, feel very fortunate that uh, we have once again found ourselves living in the same city and have so up here in Portland, Oregon for the last uh, three or four years, I guess. Trent is probably creeping up on his his fourth year here or so. And uh, yeah, man, we've just always, always kept up with each other since we were kids. And we've had, you know, some times here or there where there's a couple years where we, we don't see each other, but uh, we're still doing the thing. And uh, I wanted to bring him on to talk about his, his military experience because this is one of those portions of our lives where we, where we didn't see each other too much. And while I've heard pieces of his experience, uh, I thought this would be just a cool opportunity to to jump on the mics with a little more intensive exploring that uh, that experience that he had and, and kind of getting to break things down maybe in a different way. I think we're in a, a pretty strange time and things are really polarized here in America with uh, with politics and uh, maybe there's some negative connotation to uh being associated with the military at this point and uh yeah trent is just uh one of the most level-headed human beings i have encountered and uh just a very quiet and thoughtful dude i think and uh so i thought he would be a great person to have come on and and share his experience of being in the Navy and going through boot camp and whatnot and his different deployments. I I don't know too many people that have been in the service that are close to me. And I personally have had no experience with it. And I've always been really infatuated with it. And, uh, not only the experience itself, but how that uh, how that unfolds after being in the service. If you if you choose to go into that civilian life, which Trent did after serving five years, and uh, just kind of how that informs your day to day and your psyche and um, how you how you operate with people. So uh, I think we covered a lot in this episode. It's definitely a, it's a lengthy chat. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to understand some of the details of, of what boot camp is like and, and what those deployments are like and what the, the ship life is, um, like on a day to day. And I think, uh, I think we accomplished that. And, uh, I really enjoyed having this chat with him. Like I said, I've known this dude pretty much all my life and uh have had a lot of different experiences with him but this is you know one of those life experiences that i i do not share with him so to get to chat with him for two hours or so just on this subject um was uh was really eye-opening and i think i i learned a lot about his experience that i didn't know about and uh I really enjoyed where this eventually led towards the end of the conversation of, of talking about where 
things are at now and and just maybe how the the flag has been co-opted a little bit by some of these radical political groups and um just you know his feelings about that were uh very important for me to hear so um yeah i know this is like i said i know this is a shift from talking to different creatives but i think this is um a super important conversation and and maybe maybe something that'll be eye-opening to you if you have not had any sort of military experience or don't really know anybody that has or even if you do maybe you don't really talk to them about what that day-to-day was like what their boot camp experiences was like and um that was that was kind of the case here but yeah man i love the fuck out of this dude he's one of the best people i know he's um one of the kindest people that i know he's one of the best people to to just be around and whether we're just uh you know hanging around playing video games like we have since we were five years old or you know taking taking a little nature adventure it's uh it's always good to be around him and uh i just appreciate the hell out of him coming on and you know talking about his experience and and his thoughts on uh where the where the world is at now it's definitely in a an opinion that uh that i value and i think with uh with close friends and and family members you don't always have the opportunity to sit down and, and talk on mics and sometimes i think that those uh conversations can can come with a little more intent you know of of trying to accomplish something in the conversation and in this case i was just trying to learn more about my my friend and someone that i consider to be family and and their experience and uh how they how that has impacted them and how they operate in the world so that is what you're in for with this episode and um hope you all enjoy it um primarily this is a a podcast that features um a lot of musicians and usually play some music throughout the episode and uh that is one of the things that that trent and i bond over super heavy is uh is music and sharing music back and forth with each other is something that we usually regularly still do throughout the week and always trying to turn each other on to to new shit which uh, i really appreciate about trent he's always seeking out new things and new experiences especially when it comes to to music and art and we always connect heavy on that and uh, one of the things one of the artists rather that he has turned me on to recently is uh, an artist called saint panther who recently put out this ep called these days and uh so i thought it'd be cool to uh shine a light on this artist in this episode so i'm gonna i'm gonna play uh, a song from from that ep to kick off the episode and then i'll play one on the way out as well so i'll put the link for uh saint panther in the episode notes and and maybe uh Maybe I'll have the opportunity in the future to have St. Panther on the show. So shout out to St. Panther wherever you're at. You have the the open invite to, to come do this thing sometime. 
And uh, if you're new to the show, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to previous episodes. Had a really great time with comedian Jake Silberman, local Portland, Oregon comedian last week. Um, and a uh, bunch of musicians prior to that and other creatives. So uh, if you dig what you hear on this episode, go back, listen. And uh, you can also check out Bible Buds, which is another podcast that I do on the weekly with my buddy Andrew. We just uh, dive into religion and spirituality, people's experiences growing up in the church or not growing up in the church, exploring all all different religions on that. Usually just, uh, you know, getting extra baked, extra buttered and uh, talking about the Bible sometimes or different religious texts. Um, not getting baked this month, though. I'm still on the uh, on the sober October train. I'm fuck halfway through the month and um, honestly still not experiencing many benefits from from not smoking on the daily so i'm i'm looking forward to uh to getting back to that my dreams are still incredibly um vivid and fucked up from this situation so i i feel like i'm at the at the very least i'm i'm not i'm not sleeping well through this situation and uh you know the melatonin can only do so much so uh that's where i'm at with that hope everybody is doing well hanging tough and like i said all the links will be in the episode notes including um trent's instagram handle which i suggest that you pay attention to because in the near future um he's gonna he's gonna drop some uh some pretty dope clothing i have a feeling about that and i'm really excited about um some of the stuff that he has in the works and he mentions that up top about going to uh, fashion design college early on. And uh, we didn't we didn't get a chance to explore that any further. But the fashion design and, and uh, aesthetic is something that uh, Trent has maintained interest in. And he's got he's got some some really dope uh, clothing line ideas that I think are going to pop up in the future. So follow him up. Pay attention to that. And uh, definitely pay attention to St. Panther, the artist featured on this week's episode. I think it would be uh, it's it'll be fitting to kick it off with the first track off of these days, which is called Infrastructure, because uh, we definitely spent some time in this conversation talking about infrastructure. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. Episode 228. Trent Bailey's on the show. Hope you enjoy this chat. We're going to kick it off with St. Panther's Infrastructure, and uh, we're going to play it out at the end of the episode with the last track on the record, which is called Something's Gotta Give. This is it. Let's do the damn thing. I'm a girl. I haven't practiced in a long time. So show me when I'm frustrated. Infrastructure got me on another plane. Come and baby, it's too late to ask my driver to turn this ass around. I guess I'm stuck arriving, looking like a fool. I guess I'm stuck. 
Thanks for, you know, being uh, being down to uh, to jump on the mics here with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I feel like uh, you know we've been been riding around since we we're five years old or so together. You know, and uh, there haven't been too many periods, I guess, in our life where we were not in the same area, but. I feel like your uh, your time in the military is definitely one of those those sections of uh, of the journey where you know we're we're on some some different paths and uh, I don't I don't have too many close friends that were in the service at all so I feel like that that experience is like pretty uh, pretty foreign to me except from you know maybe hearing. I feel like I've heard like pieces of your stories, you know, here and there from just having random conversations, but I was hoping maybe to get more of like the full, the full scope, you know, just dive into an experience that, that I have not had for myself. And I think it's like a pretty interesting, interesting time right now. Everything's like pretty polarized. I think, you know, people probably have, uh, their own perceptions or, or misconceptions of uh, the military life if they haven't had it on their own or they just, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I, I thought, you know, we could uh, we could dive into it. 
Word. Yeah. Yeah. Tight. Uh, yeah. I'm down to <laughs> talk about whatever. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. I've never, you know, had uh, anybody, you know, people ask me about, you know, some of my service and stuff like that all the time. But, you know, it's usually, I don't know, kind of been passing or like I don't want to, you know, take up anybody too much time or something or get too deep into it. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Where it leads. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, I don't know, man. Like, growing up, did you, like, feel like you would gravitate towards entering into something like the military? Like, when we're hanging out as kids and, you know, watching action movies or something, (laughs) did you, you, like, think, ah, I might be interested in doing something like that? Uh... Definitely a little bit for sure. Having uh, a dad that was like into law enforcement and shit, so you know, fucking walking around with a you know a gun or being you know that authoritative figure, probably you know seemed like something I kind of wanted to get into. But then also, uh, as I grew up, uh, he definitely like kind of pushed me into that path where he would like take me to the recruiters, just like, oh, I want you to to fucking try to fly jets or fucking be you know whatever top dog and whatever avenue you're going to but definitely like he really wanted me to to be able to fly planes in the navy and whatnot so i think i definitely just like knew i wasn't gonna do that but kind of wanted just to go down that route just to to see what it was like i guess you know and see how far i could take it i guess or just to see what it was like so that's how i kind of ended up gravitating towards i think yeah do you do you think like I don't know, like throughout high school, did you did you feel like that was probably going to be your next move is entering into the military or was there thoughts of doing other shit? Uh, no, for sure. I thought coming out of high school, I think uh, I wanted to have football be in the move, you know, uh, playing, you know, high school football or whatever and being on a pretty good team that won championships and shit and fucking all that good stuff. Like I definitely wanted to go to school somewhere and get a scholarship and all that good stuff or like get a full ride or whatever. But, uh, that was not the reality. You know, uh, I could have went somewhere to school and got somewhat of a scholarship, but it was a, a Christian college, like Trinity Christian college or something like that in Chicago or something. And at the time it didn't sound appeasing. So, uh, I did not do that. And then, yeah, I went to community college for a little bit. And uh, actually went to, like, fashion design school for a couple weeks and shit over at fucking Brooks College in Long Beach. And, like, went bankrupt, like, years later and whatnot (laughs) and got, like, discredited and all kinds of good stuff. Shout out to Crooks College. Uh, (laughs) But luckily I was only there for a couple weeks, so I ain't got no, no, no beef with them. But, you know, I know some people that might. But, um yeah so yeah um nah i I didn't even join until i was 20 so yeah i took a couple years off out of of high school and still was just kind of figuring stuff out so yeah i just yeah i don't know it was like all right it's time for me to get off the couch and uh yeah and go see the world i guess or maybe try to so yeah i think yeah for sure like the move did you uh was the, was the navy was that pretty clear to you that that you would go with the navy out of the other military divisions i think so for sure <clears throat> uh i definitely had kind of dreams of wanting to be, go through buds and be like navy seal and all that stuff 
trying to be all super gung ho and yeah, like I said, being like coming out of high school, even a couple of years removed, you know, thinking that I'm the shit or some kind of like super athlete or something, which is not the reality. Um, yeah, so I wanted to go through buds and all that stuff. So, and I knew that, uh, you know, regardless of if I didn't made it or not, like I would still have a good opportunity of traveling, and then I can also probably find a job that would relate to the civilian world hopefully afterwards so yeah i went with the navy that was pretty pretty easy choice i think for sure for me yeah um did you did you have other people that you knew that were in the service at all uh i uh not well actually my um i had an aunt my one of my dad's sisters um she was in the Marine Corps and uh, not at like at the time she was, you know, out. But um, and her husband were, you know, they met in the fucking in the Corps. So I knew them. But I you know I didn't really talk to them too much about stuff like that or not. So I knew them and um, that was probably about it that I can think of that I knew of. I mean, may, I, I might have known some people that were out of the service or something and not even known it, but. Not that I'm aware of, I don't think. So you so you sign up to do this thing, and then how did how did things unfold? Like after you've been recruited or you know sign sign your, uh, it's always like a four year commitment at the beginning. Uh, I think that's like kind of the 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 kind of the standard. I'm sure there's ways we can have like a two a two year contract or maybe a three or something like that. But I, I'm usually sure like the the four is kind of the standard. And then, like, I did five, and uh, so, like, I might have signed up for six, and then, like, I opted to get out of here earlier or something like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's like it's like a contract, I guess, basically. So, depending on that, you can get cut a, a good deal if people if your if your agent your your recruiter is looking out for you, you might be able to cut you a better deal than somebody that just like doesn't really care and just wants to, you know, I don't know, just doesn't care and just throws people in there. But uh, so like for me, since I wanted to be a SEAL back when I wanted to do it, there was like seven jobs or something like that that you had to pick from to be able to to qualify to get to be go to like BUDS SEAL training or whatever. And uh, one of those jobs was the IT. And so I was like, all right, that's like a computer job. That's a good like civilian job, probably if I get out or whatever. So I was like, I'll probably take that. So I took I took that job and then um so like in my contracts like upon completion of IT school I get a bonus of like I don't know it was maybe like $3000 or something like that and then it would be like so that's written in my contract and then it's like after that I go to buds training which is the seal training where well, I was supposed to go I didn't go Spoiler alert! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't want to get anybody's hopes up on some fucking. We're not gonna get to go through all the Navy SEAL training. <laughs> no, no, yeah, definitely not. You can check out Discovery Channel for that shit. Talk to David Goggins about that shit or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm de- this is way more soft core than that. Uh, uh, and then so yeah, and it's like upon completion of buds, I'm supposed to get like six thousand dollar bonus or something like that. Yada yada yada. And then, so yeah, you just have you sign your contract or whatever. So this is all like prior to getting into any sort of training. 
Yeah. Like yeah. you, you kind of like have these options predetermined or you have a voice in these things. Yeah. 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 Before you, yeah, for sure. So like, or somewhat at first least. thing is like you got a recruiter and then you got to take your ASVAB or whatever your practice will take a practice ASVAB. But then, uh, so the ASVAB is basically like a little test and, uh, different categories and whatnot. And, uh, basically just calculate your scores into well, I don't know. It's like I don't know, whatever. Their their curriculum of jobs or whatever, their their grade scale. And uh once you take that test, they can tell you like, all right, you can you're pretty much a, like you're you can you're smart enough for these jobs or whatever. So kinda you have to pick from that. Or you can, you know, pick no job at first if you want to just go in without one and then do like apprenticeships uh for your first couple years or whatever for sure which is like it sounds like a good idea but it's probably not for the navy it doesn't seem like a lot of people enjoy that just heads up but um <laughs> uh yeah so is there any sort of uh along with that is there any any sort of uh like physical test that you go through before you're assigned to the job or like trying to get into that specific program um not well yeah for sure if it's especially if it's something like but like if you're doing something physical where it's like special spec war special warfare where it's either like buds like to be seals or a uh, swick which was, was like a special like some special boat team and whatnot and then there's a uh, like uh eod explosive ordnance disposal and stuff like that so like those jobs definitely got to be in shape for and they have like physical training is like part of it and testing, but uh, not really like in general. Like uh, before boot camp, they'll t- they'll tell you like what kind of shape you need to be in, you know. But uh, you can come into boot shape boot camp out of shape, but like it's gonna suck even more, you know. And, but like kind of yeah. fucking yourself if you're yeah. if you're going in out of shape. Yeah, for sure. Like you're, I don't know. I, I think they used to do like half rations and shit back when I was in. I don't know if they still that do that now and shit. I'm sure they still can. But you what know. does that mean? Just like when you, you know, at meal time, they might give you half as much food as everybody else. <laughs> if you're on. like a bigger person. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, you might not be able to get that bowl of Captain Crunch and shit, you know. But, you know, it's not that bad for sure, though. There's still, yeah, food act was like pretty good in boot camp, kind of, actually. But, yeah. So so after you take like that ASVAB? Yeah, right? yeah. After you take that then you are uh kind of deployed for your your basic training your boot camp after that so yeah like you take your asvab and then like they tell you what you can apply for then they're gonna take you down to the map station or whatever and then that's where you're gonna fucking like get more into the nitty-gritty of your contract and um and like swear in and all that good stuff and like kind of like kind of gets kind of real after that point you know or it's like all right you can still turn back but that's when you start feeling like all right i'm kind of like doing this kind of thing for real was that shit like intimidating at all or, or did you you feel that that weight as you're kind of swearing in and no, you're for like, sure for sure well, i'm like fucking doing this yeah because you're in this little you know, room you know this little like dmv on steroids you know and some and down in like san diego or whatever or fucking uh yeah whatever small town whatever big town i'm sure there's many of these places but yeah you're in this like souped up dmv and there's you know people i don't know yeah like people in the uniform all different branches and then you got people in all their different civilian clothes just all types of different shaggy little bunches and nerdy cats and 
recruiters and like yeah it's just yeah i don't know it's a trip and then like they're just you know oh if you have anything that you didn't tell your recruiter you need to tell us now type stuff so like some people are fucking spilling their guts and and fucking not screwing themselves over but like they're not getting into the military now i guess since they said whatever little secret some information that they shouldn't have yeah so but there's other brand like this is all like under the same roof like military in general different there's army people here and and navy people and yep yep yep. all the branches yep all the all the branches i'm sure all the uh the reserves the national guard like yeah all that stuff's all in the same building and then yeah you swear in and then and then from there then like shortly after that you'll find out like when you're going to boot camp they might even tell you then when you're going to boot camp but i'm sure like shortly after that you find out when you're going to boot camp and then yeah and then and then like after that you'll go like then when when you're ready to go to boot camp when your time is coming they'll put you up in a hotel like near that where that spot's at or whatever and then like yeah get get a voucher for for dinner at sizzlers with your family and shit you know get that that, that cheese toast in one last time before you <laughs> ship out you know so yeah you know thankful for that and uh yeah and then like for the navy uh their boot camp was in uh great lakes uh illinois so flow fly flew from from uh san diego to o'hare airport and then into chicago how far outside of chicago were you uh not too far i don't know like mileage wise but like i knew there's the train i could take the train and it wasn't too far you know it was probably like a good 30 you know 40 minutes by train but it was cool though yeah and for you did you do any like physical preparation because i don't know man you've you've been in pretty good shape like all our lives from you know what from what i've known and obviously you know playing four years of high school football at, at a pretty high level of you know a really competitive school and shit i got to imagine that that part wasn't super hard for you to get into some sort of routine for sure <clears throat> yeah i was definitely like lifting a little bit in the gym and whatnot i probably my cardio wasn't probably the greatest but like yeah i was definitely and i was still young so it wasn't too big of a issue at the time but i was definitely like trying to get in shape for it and just for like yeah for regular like boot camp i don't think you have to be at least for the navy i'm sure like the marine corps and the army is like a little different case the marine corps for sure you gotta be like you yeah now would be in kind of some decent shape but uh yeah it wasn't that that bad anyway so yeah and you're obviously once you get dropped into there you're you're seeing some some people that are like not not really ready for this physically for sure physically mentally like yeah definitely it's uh yeah it's a trip i don't know yeah how long is the boot camp uh when i did it i believe uh because yeah i think it's even shorter now i think it might only be eight weeks but i think when i did it might have been like 13 or 12 but i'm not even 100 percent sure maybe it was eight weeks when i did it i think i want to say it was like 12 but I can't remember to be honest. How did you feel mentally? Like you're you're flying out to Chicago now, really about to like dig into this. Like were you were you stoked about it or were you kind of like fuck, did I like get myself into some shit? Uh I, I was yeah, I was kind of stoked. I mean, it's hard to be stoked like during boot like in, in at the initial like the initial shock 
of 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 getting into boot camp because it's like as soon as you 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 like touch down at the the airport and then they bring you to the uh what is that thing called the, the nw uh I, I forgot what the at the airport there's like a little special thing a little special place for for uh people in the military that can go in the in the airport and like chill out it's a little lounge they got snacks and stuff like that wow, what is that place called but anywho uh so like you go there and then like and then there'd be kind of like yeah everybody's coming and coming in there and then all of a sudden the um the drill instructors like come come in you know and then they start yelling and then they <laughs> get everybody up and make you fucking like do some some weird ass marching because nobody knows how to march yet type shit to the bus outside and then like and that's when you know that's when it's like all right this is like all right it's real now for real for real you know so <laughs> it's just like it's yeah it's kind of interesting for sure i think uh being that i was 20 and not like 18 i was i was a little i was kind of able to like look back at it a little bit like in the moment and be like kind of find like some amusement out of it but still like be quiet and like you know and like yeah not be an idiot but still be like all right i can kind of see hopefully how things are for what they are and not just like being scared out of my mind you know but yeah um so i was kind of stoked i guess but yeah it's just definitely a trip to see how how different everybody reacts to the same situation for kind sure, of, but fuck, man, yeah, I gotta imagine there's a lot of people that are that are fucking scared as soon as that that moment happens. You know, you you get fucking led into the kind of this padded, cushy room where there's snacks, and then all of a sudden you got uh you got some people yeah that are you know. uh, that you gotta have the utmost respect for and uh, don't give a shit about your feelings and whatnot. Right, right, for sure, and like yeah, even. No matter what, how big a person, no, like you're gonna be scared for sure. Like no matter what, where you come from or whatever, like you're gonna. I feel like there's a good chance to be a little intimidated at the beginning. If not, then good on you. But it's probably gonna be rough for you because they'll, they'll be able to tell and they'll try to probably break you down even more. You know, type shit. So. Yeah. Did you feel like it was like straight out of a movie type shit? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's just a trip. For, yeah. It's like one of these little documentaries. You know that you're fucking watching. And it's like, yeah, happening for real, you know. It's just crazy to see. Yeah, it's just crazy to see from the inside, I guess. Did you, uh, did you adapt pretty well to it though? Like from the from the get go, was it pretty easy for you to fall in line and just do what you were told to do, and not, you know, have that maybe couple years on some of the the younger people that were, were eighteen and fucking around maybe a little bit. For sure, for sure, definitely. Uh, yeah, I definitely felt like I, yeah, didn't have too much trouble sleeping at night. You know, after the first couple of nights and shit, like you're just you're just in it, and you just already know, like, all right, I just gotta prepare to do this for however long. You know, you know how long it's when when you plan on graduating, as long as you don't screw up and get held back or something. So it's just like, yeah, you know, I'm just gotta do what I gotta do, and it's for you know a purpose. And then like after that you still got to go to some more training. So it's just like, all right, hopefully I just want to get this shit over with. Yeah. And not screw up. And and then like some people can get, uh, you can get advances and stuff like that, you know, type shit. If you do a good job or whatever. So there's some incentives. In yeah. That. You know, or you can get, uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. So, so yeah, not all kinds of stuff, but that yeah, just mostly like a couple of promotions, but so yeah, it wasn't hard to kind of just, 
get get into that that yeah that mindset but you know yeah it's kind of like a team sports <clears throat> thing type mindset you know i guess yeah is it kind of like one person fucks up in your group and it's everybody pays the price yeah it definitely can be for sure it probably just depends on who your drill instructor is but yeah definitely at some point it will be that way and then sometimes you might get singled out and whatnot so and then like for me uh yeah like being a little bit older and shit i was like down to like try to take a leadership position and shit so i wasn't like the head dude in my little division but i was the the a rock and like that i was like the dude that's supposed to like yell the fucking cadence and shit as we all marched and shit and i'm supposed to be like the second in command type of thing so yeah so like i did that job like almost the whole entire time i actually like it was the 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 one that ended our little graduation you know and fucking boot camp i was the a rock but uh but yeah like my drill instructor told me it's just like yeah like the whole like the day i graduated it's just like yeah this whole time like we wanted to fire you from that job but nobody else could like do a, a better job so like we had to keep you and shit and it was just like yeah you know and that i've i've learned that motto from my <laughs> it has been like a <laughs> yeah something i've installed not installed in myself but you know it's just like yeah you gotta you know be decent at least and you can keep a job you know i guess <laughs> i don't know where i was going with that story but yeah so like i tried to kind of do the leader type thing but not full-blown but are you like immediately after you know you get to your base from the from the airport that day one are you pretty much immediately thrown into some pretty intense physical training yeah yeah not too, uh, yeah you know just put you know push-ups yeah and they're gonna make it suck no matter what kind of shape you're in they're gonna make you do they're gonna make you do as much as it takes to make you not want to do it anymore you know make you break you down and stuff so definitely but um uh, the navy wasn't too bad where it's like they didn't have us crawling through mud or you know under barbed wire or nothing like that but definitely uh you know fair share of running and push-ups and sit-ups and mountain climbers or burpees or whatever you know and just marching around for days in or being up at you know odd hours and just doing random ass shit so like they get it in where they can but it's not anything like too cra- i don't know too too crazy i feel like there's like some surprise middle of the night shit though where where you don't know that the fucking drill sergeant's gonna come in at, at two in the morning and just be like all right everybody fucking up yeah and we're yeah. we're gonna go do some work right now yeah for sure for sure yeah you know some fucking some drilling out of nowhere or maybe even just to fucking go to like dental or some shit they might just wake everybody up at three o'clock in the morning just to fucking march around to us side of the base and do some bullshit on the way there or something and it's just like all right whatever dude you know, but you know, yeah, it's <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> funny now, like looking back on yeah, it. Yeah, you know, fucking. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's just tight. It's not <laughs> <laughs> like is there st- is there kind of stages of the boot camp? Or are you kind of doing the same thing day to day? Uh, no, there's definitely stages. There's different like. Like, I'm sure, uh, like, when you first come in, it's physical for sure, but it's not going to be, like, crazy physical. Um, So, like, you might have a little more classroom stuff in the beginning or, like, they might, we had to have, like, classes on, like, naval history and this and that. And, like, they try to incorporate different 
different things through different ways or whatever. Try to teach you some history to have like a sense of pride, hopefully, in what you're doing and whatnot. Exactly, exactly. You know, and then you got to learn your ten general orders, and then, um, and then got to go to the range, and you got to do um, just marching drills and stuff like that. So they like break it up in a lot of different ways, and then just like having your rack fucking um your bed folding your sheets a certain way and having to have your underwear in a certain part folded a certain way and then your shirts go here and your socks go this way like yeah you know it's all it's all for like a purpose low-key like for sure it, it might just sound like redundant at the time but it's all for a purpose yeah did, at the end of the day. did that click in for you like what that purpose was at that time or were you just kind of are you just kind of going through the motions not really realizing like oh this is all like this attention to detail is important for the future of these jobs, you know, in these, you know, high circumstance situations where, you know, you can't fuck up these little things. Right, right. I, I think I noticed, but I didn't understand on the actual scale like that. It, it is kind of serious. It can be pretty serious depending on what your job is. No matter what your job is, it's kind of serious, you know, but yeah i didn't understand the scale of what like some of the responsibilities that like some of these people have at a pretty young age you know yeah fuck. Going in some of these jobs kids yeah it's crazy it's crazy i feel like a kid at 35 still so i can't right. imagine like 18 year old me being responsible for these right these things and i i think that's uh yeah one of the conversations i even remember having with you about like that type of shit just like the way you fold your sheets or whatever on the bed. And it's just like, oh yeah. Cause this is like, that shit isn't super important, but the attention to the detail is fucking ultra important right, for right. all these people to right, understand. Right. Right. For real. You know, if somebody's in charge of some weapon system or whatever, you know, cause everybody's jobs are kind of divided up, you know, especially like on the ship and shit where it's like, you know, you're, in, you're a specialist in uh, whatever your thing is. And, you know, and people depend on that, whether they mess with that, if they, you know, interact with your department or not, like they all depend on each other because it's all on one ship. It's on little tiny little floating city, you know. So, yeah, it's like if you're in charge of some weapon system or something like you got to make sure you do your, your checks and your walkthroughs and whatnot. And you can't like be bullshit because if you uh, skip some steps, like it might get found out in a bad way, you know, but when it's too late. Or if you're in charge of, I don't know, whatever, engineering or comms or like, you know, just whatever. It like, and at the end of the day, like, that shit's going to catch up to you. And hopefully it's like, hopefully it's just in training or somebody just finds out and you just kind of get a slap on the wrist or you get in trouble. But uh, yeah, hopefully it's not like in the real thick of shit where like, yeah, people lose lives and shit because that shit would kind of suck. So <laughs> for sure. So yeah, so it's just like, yeah, I got to learn how to fold these draws i guess <laughs> so you're like a like a week or two into this situation are you feeling pretty good about your decision or like are there times throughout the process where you're you know second guessing this decision to to join the military or were you like pretty confident in the decision to join throughout I think at that time, especially through boot camp, like, yeah, I was still feeling all right. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling you still feeling optimistic because it's like, yeah, I'm going to get out of boot camp and then I got to go to school. And then and then that's when I find out where I'm going. And that's when like when the real you find out, like, all right, how I feel about things possibly. But 
up until that point it's like i got these two steps i gotta get through before i get to the to to the kind of the real thing you know where i can feel like i'm kind of settled into something for a little bit so i feel optimistic still going through boot camp and and a school which is like the training for your job that you signed up for after boot camp or whatever where you get to really start maybe digging into the shit you want to do a little bit more and not just fucking running drills and doing push-ups all the time and shit right 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 yeah basically going to your trade school for whatever it is you signed up to do and shit so yeah for me it was it so like i had to go to uh like a comms like comms school radio and computer communications and shit how much of the boot camp do you spend like with weapons training uh not it's not the crazy amount in in the navy probably uh i don't know probably like say out of out of if it's like eight weeks i'd say probably like maybe a week maybe like five days total if that because like you'll end up shooting a m16 probably or or a uh what's like an m14 the one with the with the yeah whatever or uh or a uh you can shoot the M16, then you also have a, some time shooting the shotgun, and then you'll shoot a pistol, like a little nine millimeter, nine millimeter Beretta or something like that, a little service pistol. But just yeah, so maybe like three days, if yeah, if that. Did you dig that shit? It was cool. It was whatever. Yeah, it's obvious. I mean, I don't know. You haven't. The military didn't seem to like turn you into like a big gun nut, or you know. I like them. I mean, nah, I, guns are cool. I mean, I'm not against them necessarily, but uh, but it's like certainly hasn't become one of your big hobbies to go out shooting all the time, yeah, still or anything. Yeah, not at the moment. I would. I mean, I just, I just don't feel like I need any at the time. This time and place in my life, I don't have like a, a home or something. So it's just like, yeah, if I was living in an apartment or whatever, or like I'm splitting my house with somebody, like I don't have anywhere to like put that shit and. It's like, yeah, I don't want to be, oh, let me take out my guns, I guess, you know, but like, it's cool. And then plus just like, like, I, I like to grow weed and shit. So I feel like if the cops did come to my house and I'm growing weed and I have guns, then it's probably real bad. So <laughs> it's not just, looking good. Yeah. So I'm just trying to look out for myself. Priorities. Yeah. Grow weed. Right. <laughs> not guns. Right. <laughs> but one day they'll, I'll have them both one day, but just not right now so like throughout this boot camp process are you starting to form some like pretty strong bonds with people like within this group too for sure definitely definitely like how many people are in because i gotta imagine you're, you're on this base with like a lot of a lot of people but like how many people are in your this immediate group that maybe you're marching around with or in the barracks yeah. with yeah my division two four one or some shit i think if i if i recall correctly division um yeah so for mine i'd estimate at least like maybe like 50 people yeah and it was co-ed actually so it was probably yeah so i'm guessing like 25 males you know 25 females give or take it's probably yeah that's not super accurate but yeah so there's a pretty good amount of females in there too yeah 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 and it was like our the males slept in our little birthing on one side of the hall with our little locked door, and then the females were on the other side in their little fucking birthing with their locked door. And then, yeah, 
so that the drill instructors could come and you know just go back and forth and yell at us and shit. You know, it's yeah, it's funny. <laughs> you can hear them like yelling at them over there and fucking roasting them and shit. And then one of the RDCs will come over. RDCs is like a drill instructor or whatever, and then they'll come over to our side and start roasting people and yelling. And then yeah, so yeah. Would there be like female instructors for the for the females and male well, instructors yeah, for the males? There's or? both for sure. And we had yeah, we probably had like three RDCs, three drill instructors for our uh, division, and it was like one female and two dudes. But like they could both. Like, yeah, the chick one can come in our side and start getting in people's asses and roasting cats and then vice versa, you know. I'm sure for the females, like, I'm sure the, the, the female RGC probably went in first just to make sure, you know, everything's copacetic or whatever. But but they still both, yeah, had, like, free range. It wasn't, like, just, oh, only the, the, the female could yell at the females and vice versa. And I was just, like, they're they're all yelling at everybody at the same time. For sure. Is, are you uh, are you witnessing anybody having some fucking like being broken down really heavy through this process, or was it everybody kind of staying afloat within the team, within uh, the unit? No, I think there's definitely some dropouts and shit. Just like even yeah, like from day one of boot camp, there's another part where like as soon as you get into like the actual boot camp shit into the doors, you're like, all right, is there anything you didn't tell? You didn't tell them. At the last time they asked you, this is the last moment of truth. We'll let it slide. But, like, they really don't let it slide if it's something stupid. But, um, yeah, so people end up folding on that one. And then um, definitely, like, people, yeah, they just can't hack it, you know, just being away from home, I guess. Or there's who knows what reasons. But, yeah, definitely these people get broke and end up getting out, you know, before the end of boot camp's over. And just, like, yeah, breaking down and, yeah, just end up getting sent home. But, you know, they don't, I don't think they end up getting like a dishonorable discharge. So that's tight. They just kind of get like, they yeah, tried. You, you didn't even make it through the process to, yeah. to, to get to a dishonorable discharge. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, it's tight. Like you just like quit through, you know, like, like if you're going through football, it's like you quit through it in hell week or some shit, then you yeah. just quit. Like you didn't make it through the two days. Yeah. So it's just like, all right, that's it. You feel like that shit really helped you get through that process like having like some of those maybe intense hell weeks with football even oh yeah for sure fucking yeah just having the yeah the whole you know is if one person fucks up the whole team is getting punished and or just one person getting punished or whatever while the whole team watched like definitely went through a lot of those scenarios playing football you know before before the military and then even like some other shit just like group showers and shit you know like some of that like some people fucking freak out big time on some shit like that you know i've talking to adults nowadays that just like yeah i couldn't i couldn't do it like just because i get around other other dudes just for that factor and shit that's why i never went to the military and it's just like yeah i like i already dealt with those problems a long time ago yeah for sure it's just like yeah that shit got pretty normalized for me even playing hockey yeah it's like exactly. yeah people are gonna take showers after the not everybody took a shot you didn't have to you know but like you know some mm-hmm. people didn't want to ride home all fucking dirty so you're fucking in the shower with mm-hmm. a you know a bunch of other people of your gender and it's right. just like oh this isn't that big of a deal yep. you know yeah exactly but 
in the navy or in the military it's like you have to take that shower you know yeah you can't just skip out no like you're it's gonna it's gonna get worse because if you don't keep up to cleaning standards and then, then you're literally a shitty sailor you know so like yeah so i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen like i guess maybe you might get held down and hose down or some shit but like like you have to take them showers and shit so yeah it's just like yeah so people can't hack that shit it's yeah weird. you're obviously gonna smell like when you're fucking doing all that physical activity all day too so it's not like you're gonna yeah. get away like throwing some deodorant or some no. some dryer sheets on your no. on your shit no a little linus is gonna get discovered real quick for sure fucking but a little cloud of dirt everything's fucking structure though like it's like we sh- you shower when it's shower time and and whatnot like that yeah, oh yeah for sure yeah it's like uh yeah everybody showers this is a group like you got so many minutes it might even just be like group a and group b or some shit you got this much time to get in there and get out and shit you know and then fucking change out into whatever the uniform may be you know and fucking fucking like if you're taking a shower it's probably before bed type shit you know so you have to get in your fucking little pajamas not pajamas but you know some fucking little shorts and fucking white tee and shit and fucking stand in front of your rack for inspection and shit and yeah are you you allowed to like i don't know like when it when it's sleep time are you allowed to have like headphones or anything like that or does that have to be like a fucking it's quiet like quiet hours there's no not to my knowledge now not yeah no there's no yeah none of that you're not even like you know people people would be dumb you know people would be people and like try to read some letters or fucking i don't know do some dumb shit or whatever try to find something they can do that they're not supposed to be doing in their bed or whatever but you're not supposed to be like reading a book or no, anything like yeah it's like nah. you go to fucking sleep yeah. or you lay there with your eyes open yeah. or whatever yeah and like they'll have like a couple one person or two people like on watch and shit with and, within the group yeah and then like so that and then there's like a scheduled routine or a schedule of like all right i have watch for these from you know from 12 o'clock to two o'clock in the morning and then i at two o'clock then i gotta wake up you know at 145 i gotta go wake up fucking smith and then smith got watched from two to four and then i go back you know and then it's just like a rotation of shit like that to kind of fucking keep people on their toes and shit and then yeah and <laughs> yeah and then you just got you know kids being kids and shit you know fucking on some you know on some sleepover or like on some frat house type shit just doing dumb ass shit at night you know fucking just fucking oh my bet my homie is on the other side of the fucking room you know i'm gonna go fucking sneak over there and fucking go chit chat with him in the middle of the night for no fucking reason (laughs) and i'm not gonna fucking just walk over there i'm gonna fucking like slide underneath the fucking racks like a fucking upside down fucking cat underneath the fucking bed or some shit you know to get to the other side of the room to try to avoid the person on watch <laughs> you know even though you know just some dumb shit like that or fucking uh yeah oh uh, man just getting into some giggle fit yeah that you can't control yeah. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> just risking it you know just fucking just risking it and just no like yeah they're already they're not gonna come show but you know they might you know come show yeah. up in the fucking middle of the night or fucking or maybe the person on watch might be a little snitch and fucking write some shit down in the log book or some shit you know so it's or yeah so it's just yeah it's just fun would, kind there, of. would there be like situations where you were on watch and you had to go 
you know, address some people and be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, go back to your shit. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, you know, fucking a whole bunch of people trying to go to the bathroom at the same time. There's only supposed to be like a couple people in the bathroom. That's like the meeting spot, you know, for fucking the gossip and shit. The water cooler, I guess, at night and shit. The fucking midnight pub and the fucking pisser. <laughs> the fucking, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, but I wasn't too crazy. I wasn't too strict. I don't think when I was trying to be put in charge and stuff. So, and like, yeah, I think since I was doing the the cadence thing and where I was doing my little thing, I didn't have to do too many of the other jobs and stuff too. I had my own little my own little lane. I had to control for sure. Was so during boot camp? Is there any off days or free time, or is it a nonstop situation until you get out? Um. No, it's uh, in boot camp. Uh, half you get half a day on Sundays, holiday routine. Uh, yeah, where you can fucking uh, kind of freely walk about the burden and chit chat with whoever or whatever. Uh, go through your mail that you know people sent you or whatever. You can write letters. Um, you can possibly go make a phone call or something if you got if you did you know if you got it good with your RDCs. Um, so yeah, so definitely like a half a Sunday holiday routine. <laughs> I would imagine you maybe take a you, nap. You start to cherish that time a little bit though. You yeah, look forward yeah. to that, that yeah. half a Sunday that yeah. you get. Yeah. You know, you could, you could lay that, lay there in your, in your bed, write a letter and kick your feet up. <laughs> uh, and yeah. So yeah, it was cool. It was all right. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. That's when you talk to all the homies and the birds and you'd be like, oh yeah, you know. We're going to keep in touch after this. Be best friends. Because <laughs> of your shared experience and whatnot. And then you obviously, you know, you made it through the boot camp. And then what is what is the process after after getting through camp? Yeah. Uh, for me, it wasn't too much of a change because, like, where my A school was at, uh, my IT training was literally at a base, like, across the street from where boot camp was. So, uh, uh, yeah, so we had graduation, you know, moms came out, the girlfriend came out, uh, sister and all that stuff, uh, had a graduation ceremony, you hit the mall up, a little local mall in your little, in your dress whites or your dress blues, depending on what time you graduate, what time of the year. Looking smooth, cruising about the town. Yeah, feeling like you're, like you're the man, even though like you're, the millionth sailor that's coming <laughs> this, this little mall feeling the same way you know about to spend your little fucking one thousand something dollars or whatever you've got spent you know saved up from getting paid through boot camp and not spending any money maybe getting some of those incentives through the camp yeah you know maybe yeah that new pay grade that new pay raise or whatever ready to buy you fresh little little tea and little hat or something that you can't wear quite yet <laughs> But uh, nah. So yeah, uh, graduate. Then I went to school across the street at another base in Great Lakes, and uh, yeah, that school was like definitely like twelve weeks long. My little IT school, and uh, that's yeah, kind of just like a little college course mixed with a little bit more of yeah, like some of the physical stuff where you're still kind of waking up in the morning and working out and stuff like that. And then like depending on whatever your job might be, it might be a little more physical and whatnot. But mine was yeah, like a lot more 
on front of the computer or being in a radio room or in a textbook and whatnot. And yeah, it's like, yeah, it's just like a school, I guess. And there's cats that are, that are fresh out of boot camp like yourself in there. And then there's also people that have been in the fleet for a while that are either changing jobs or kind of went in with that apprenticeship kind of program and deciding that like, oh, I want to try this job out. So now they're going to the school for it and whatnot. So it's different age rates, age, age rates and uh, age or age groups and uh, different um, pay grades. Are things a little like looser? Yeah, for sure. It's a little more casual. Like my, you know, might have a room with like four people, you know, it's like a dorm kind of. Okay. Or you might have a room with two people instead of actually like 50 people all in bunk beds in the same room, you know, in a giant bathroom, you know, and it might, you might have your own bathroom in the, in the building, like in your room or it might be on the floor or whatever, but you know, there's still, there's still inspections. You still got to, you know, fold your bed a certain way and, and do your sheets and whatever, but there's definitely like, yeah, a lot more leeway on stuff, a lot more freedom. Is this a situation where maybe there's a TV or something in the room or you're allowed to like you are allowed to listen to music at night or read a book or whatever? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably have. Yeah. You, yeah. Definitely could have. Depending on the school, you might be able to have a TV in your room, video game systems, because like some of these schools might even be like years long. You know, like if you're going like for nukes or something like that, you might be in school for like two years. You're hanging. Yeah. But um. so, yeah, you can definitely, you know. You can have you can have a cell phone at this point in your life, you know. Probably you shouldn't bring it to class or something like that, but you can have cell phones and laptops. Most likely, it's yeah, it's kind of like the everyday type of thing. Is it a little more free time as well, or is it still just that Sunday? Uh, for sure, like you'll have more like that whole Sunday off type of deal, um, and then maybe like Saturdays you might not have class, or might be like less class or something. Or yeah, so you might have a little bit more free time for sure, and then definitely like. You'll have free time every night, you know, where it's like in boot camp, it's like we're all going to bed right now. But like this, this you might like have to check in at night while for a certain amount of time, you know, your first couple of weeks or something, you might have to be in, in back in the, in the barracks by 10 o'clock. But then maybe after a couple of weeks of that, if you, if you're passing your classes, you might be able to stay out till 12 or whatever. Yeah. And then like cats that are of age can probably still go out and have a beer you know, on base and shit like that. So that'd be like a lo- like a bar on on base or something like that. Yeah, most but yeah, most bases usually do. I, they might not just because that's a training base, yeah, but they probably do because like all kinds of people work there still. So, so yeah, so most bases do have like a little bar, and then of course there's gonna be bars outside the base. But and yeah. you're allowed to you're allowed to go off base during certain hours and and whatnot, depending on your pay grade, your age, uh, depending on your your program you're in, or like what what kind of limitations they have. So it kind of varies, you know. And then like for the school I was in, it was kind of like there's different tiers, you know, like the first couple of weeks you couldn't go off base but then it's like if you got you if your grades are good enough and yeah you hold up to a certain standard then you can you can uh you know leave base every day and just have to be back at a certain time or whatever then at some point then it's like on the weekends you can go out and you can you can request to stay out overnight you know and then you, know, you just have to be back by school on monday or whatever like and you can like go to chicago you know and fucking go stay in the city or whatever would you go do shit like that yeah in the city every once in a while yeah for sure take the train out there and fucking yeah go walk around 
Are, just tell you. are you starting to uh, like get a little more stoked about things then at this point or feeling a little more excited since you're actually learning your like what your job might actually be in your role in this situation? Yeah, still optimistic, but yeah, that's when yeah, it's definitely getting closer to like, uh oh, like I'm gonna find out where I'm getting stationed at because that's that's like the big kicker, I guess. Because like depending on where that happens, you know, it could be a bad experience, it could be a good experience, depending on how you look at it. But you know, it's just like, yeah, there's not you get when you get stationed somewhere, you might be there for a little while, you know. So that's like when shit gets real. So I'm still definitely optimistic. And then like usually in school, it's like whoever you know. Whoever graduates the highest of the class, they get to pick where they want to go first, you know, and then so on and so forth down the list. So I was in the middle, but it worked out. So, so were there were there choices for you or were you kind of just placed wherever? Yeah, there's choices for sure. Uh, yeah, like you for my job, luckily, like that you could have like your little wish list, you know, and like go right down to three different locations or areas you kind of shooting for whatever. But yeah, that shit goes out the window. But um. And are some of those like in the states, and some of them are outside? For sure, for sure. So like, yeah, with like the Navy, like a good guarantee it would be like San Diego, or Virginia would be like the East Coast version of the states of uh, a base. And then, um, yeah, then you could get like Japan or something like that. You know, it would be overseas. That would be like a a likely option. But uh, yeah, so there's definitely kind of options depending on what your job is. And, uh, yeah, so I was probably could have went to San Diego or or uh, Virginia. And I went with San Diego, yeah. But I got, yeah, I got a cool-ass command. Like, I got, yeah, I went to a cool-ass place. So it was, I lucked out big time. Like big yeah, time. it's not a, bad, not a bad spot to be in San Diego. You're close to the beach and shit. Yeah, and- yeah, literally. And, like, the name of the, the command I was at was called Beach Master Unit 1. So, like... I was literally like on the beach like every day, like so, like ocean breeze, fucking yeah. So I yeah I have yeah I lucked out big time. Going into like the IT stuff, was that uh, was there any intention behind that as far as like maybe that would keep you out of some sort of combat at all? Uh no, not necessarily because like originally getting in, I wanted to like do the seal thing and like I had to, that was one of the seven jobs at the time that I could have picked to get into the seal program to and, you know like be be the comms guy on the seal team or whatever. So like I kind of wanted, I definitely like was gung ho and thought I was you know wanted to see some combat you know back in the day. But yeah, you know definitely glad it worked out not that way, but definitely back then i thought i'd be able to handle some shit like that or yeah but no so yeah comms is is still a good way to see some shit i feel like so when you get to san diego like do you know how long you're going to be stationed there when you when you get there yeah so like when you get your orders coming out of uh coming out of school they usually tell you how long your billet how long your billet's going to be you know, so it's usually, yeah, it'd be like three or four years or whatever. So, like, yeah, if you do a four-year contract, so, like, you do four, you usually have, like, four years at wherever you get stationed at, or maybe, like, three, depending on how long you went through school or whatever. But, um, 
you'll do your 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 three and say it's like uh like usually you end up doing sea duty first like on a ship or something like that and then if you choose to stay in then you can do some shore duty where you'll get sent somewhere where you won't have to like deploy or nothing like that you know you get to have a little more security of just sitting at home for another you know couple of years so so yeah so i knew that i was spending my first four years basically or the rest of my enlistment at this command in san diego yeah so when like at what stage do you start getting to do some of the traveling seeing seeing the world a bit pretty quick pretty quick uh yeah so like at my command it was tight because like we were beach masters and like there's different teams and different teams all like we're all deployable but we just go like at different times or whatever like one team go, comes back one team goes out type of deal so i yeah once i got to my command i was probably there for maybe i don't know probably like six months or something like that and then end up going on deployment so yeah my first appointment was just to hawaii and back so that was cool it was only like a month long yeah so that was a real nice little little easy break in to the to the sailing life so you're mostly on the ship then yeah we uh we actually still got we still got some time off the ship for sure probably like at least a good week and a half all together off the ship but being as uh being a beach master where i was stationed at like we got to actually like camp out on the beach and whatnot a lot so yeah we spend time like yeah on the beach while everybody was on the ship like we're just camped out like i don't get to actually like go into town and you know live the life but but still i'm still on land we're camped out grilling yeah low-key what's like the purpose of you being camped out on the beach or like what are you doing like day to day when you're camped out on the beach uh so yeah we were there for uh like just assisting with amphibious beach landings and operations and stuff so like we were just standing by we got to hold down the beach the the little landing zone make sure no nobody or nothing's going down or getting in the way and uh help kind of guide these uh amphibious vehicles like hovercrafts and fucking um the little boats off of saving private ryan uh lcus and mike eight boats you know that the ramp drops down and little humvees and people can come running off of and stuff and yeah so we just kind of hold down the hold down the spot the parking lot for those guys okay and then like yeah and uh also like the conditions keeping track of the conditions on the beach make sure that they can come in and you know at certain times and whatnot because yeah there's just some safety involved and all that what's like life like on the ship when you're out uh it's it's a trip for sure it's um it's uh depending on the type of ship i mean some ships are definitely way bigger than others a lot more people but i'm sure you know people have their friends it's a little community little city and you know it has its perks here and there you know depending on who you know or you know who you get to talking to i mean it always helps to have friends in different places um yeah you can get into good stuff you can get into bad stuff you can um yeah you could probably better yourself you could probably fuck your life up if you wanted to on the ship who knows you know like it's it's all what you make it like yeah so there is some freedom like within your day for sure to make those decisions for like, sure for sure yeah it's you know that's it's you know probably not like a regular nine to five you're definitely working some crazy hours but you're you, you'll have you know a routine 
you have your watches and you have your rotations. You have your people you work with, your coworkers. You're going to have your friends in other departments. You know, um, you have your smoke buddies that you see on the smoke deck. I don't know. You might have lunch buddies, you know. You have some friends you play games, you know, play some video games with. You might have your poker, your poker homies. Yeah. You know. Fucking, you got you might lift weights. You can do all all kinds of shit. So, but yeah, that's what you make it, I guess. And then there's a little bit of internet. I mean, I'm sure the internet's probably better now. It must be because I feel like even fucking around playing video games now online, I'll end up. I don't know when I was playing playing sports games online a lot. I I would there'd be a few people that were in the service and. Definitely playing, so they must have had some pretty fucking solid internet connection to be, you know, for sure doing it for sure. Definitely on bases and stuff, you can probably definitely get down some online gaming. I feel like on the ship, like they might not let that slide. Different so situation, much. yeah. They ain't, they ain't trying to throw out that much bandwidth on the ship <laughs> for everybody to just be getting down on the game of FIFA. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, they definitely can still you know check your Facebook and shit. I guess, or whatever people do, check their email. Tap into the outside world a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they're probably zooming on the ship now, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. Did you like being on the ship? Yeah, it was cool. It was different, for sure. It was just a different vibe. And then, like, yeah, especially, like, I had a cake where I was stationed at because, like, when we were on the ship, I didn't have a real job on the ship. My job was on the beach, so I didn't have to do too much work on the ship, you know, to keep it afloat. I just got to ride, so that was real tight. But, um... Yeah, it was cool just seeing the world from, or not seeing the world, you know, just being out there in the middle of the ocean, uh, dark ass night, a whole bunch of stars out there, you know. Just, the fucking unknown. <laughs> yeah, just smoking my square, smoking my grid out there on the smoke deck, you know, just fucking the middle of the night or whatever. And then, you, yeah, it's just a trip. It's tight hearing the, the waves crash or days you see, you know, dolphins out there jumping around having barbecues out there on the flight deck just you know just yeah it's it's cool it's tight for sure it's a it's a it's worth the experience i guess for me it was yeah Yeah. i'd imagine there's just as much drama on the ship as there is in any other like workplace and and shit too for sure for sure hell yeah hella fraternization and shit fucking hella high school drama he said she said uh drugs uh it can get crazy on some of these bigger ships i mean like they've had like prostitution rings in the past on some of these giant ships and stuff uh yeah all the all the good stuff uh yeah sex drugs and rock and roll (laughs) for sure so just like any other experience like you're like your eyes are being open to fucking experiences like for sure like day to day that anybody else would experience at a college or just like just anywhere for sure for sure yeah all kinds of all kinds of craziness yeah people from all walks of life so yeah and they're and then when you're on deployment like people can't help but be themselves you know at some point so yeah you're gonna get to figure out what what like yeah what everybody's really like what your coworkers are really like because there's no escaping them they're not going home to anybody but you yeah you gotta fucking live with these people yeah one way or the other yeah and then when you get to when, when like the boat hits port and shit you gotta fucking find your little liberty buddy and shit you gotta find somebody you know your little fucking 
somebody to hold hands with when you go out and you know, out into town and stuff. You have to like have another person with you. Or? Usually, yeah, for sure. Depending on where you're at, like what country you're going to or whatever. But yeah, even like yeah, for most places, unless you're like Hawaii, you might be able to go off by yourself or something. But yeah, if you're on some foreign territory, like you have to have like a liberty buddy to go out, you know, in town with and whatnot. So it's just like yeah, you kind of you you know. You learn who you can and can't go out with or who not to hang out with and whatnot, you know. Some people get left behind and you end up going out with somebody you didn't expect you're going to go out with because you, you know, you had watched while everybody else had to go out or, I don't know, you just weren't in a rush and, you know, hit the showers last or something because you want to get extra fly and now you got to go out with fucking uh, old fucking Homer Pyle or some shit <laughs> and fucking, you know, and see what's cracking, so... So you're not necessarily like tied to the same person every time you go out. You just have to have somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. It's good to you know have your homie. You know, make some homies or whatever that your go tos. But so you for can sure. predict their uh, how they act a little bit. Yeah, you know, because everybody's usually trying to get smashed. You know, everybody, all dudes are trying to get laid. Um, yeah, you know. So you definitely want to have somebody you're on the kind of same wavelength with. You know. Some cats might just want to go out and try to eat some fancy food or some stuff, you know, or go see some sites or whatever. And they have like they'll try to set up like little events and tourist little attractions, you know, to kind of keep people out of trouble. But you can still just go off on your own and do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Trying to trying to keep people out of out of shit, but fuck. Mm-hmm. Got to imagine you're trying to keep yourself like distracted in some way too. So it's probably pretty easy to fucking seep into the booze and whatnot while you're out fucking uh doing your thing and yep parting it up yep yep yeah <laughs> drinking booze smoking cigarettes and yeah eating you see like a lot of people on the maybe like even on the ship that get involved in like relationships with people on on the ship as far as you know like romantic shit oh most definitely most definitely Oh yeah, definitely all bad, but for sure, uh, yeah, that fraternization, all that shit, that shit is real for sure. Um, I'm sure people have uh, met and had long, loving and lasting relationships, and definitely found their spouse in the military, and that's great. And there's definitely yeah, but then there's also definitely yeah, there's a lot of stuff that shouldn't be happening, and people being married and. You know, are people having, yeah, loved ones back at home and families back at home and they're hooking up with somebody else on the ship, you know? So that is definitely a, a, a real thing for sure. Yeah, fuck. I mean, it must get fucking lonely out there yeah. too. So I can see how that'd be easy to just like, you know, even if you don't have somebody back home, it's like maybe you're linking up with somebody that isn't necessarily your, uh, you know, some person you see some longevity with. And right, just right. Like, hey, we're both out here. Let's, uh, sure. you know, make the best of this. For sure. Most definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah, on my first little deployment to Hawaii or whatever, I uh, I was like a little, you know, a little square E2, a little Rudy Poo, you know, still new to the game and stuff. And, like, I ended up uh, hooking up. Didn't get too crazy with, though, nothing too crazy. But, uh yeah, this chick, and she was like an E5, so she was definitely like a couple years in, you know, three pay grades above me or whatever. And, uh, 
Yeah, we hooked up a little bit on the ship, which is also like a no-no. It was messing around on the ship, you know? Oh, so you're not supposed to be doing that shit. Yeah. Whether yeah. they're a higher rank or not. Yeah, like it, yeah. You're yeah. just not supposed to be fucking around like that. Right. Uh, I'm Like, if it's if it's a huge ship, I'm sure if people are like in different departments and whatnot, it's not really too, like, it's not that big of a deal. But definitely, like, on deployment on the ship is probably not the best thing. And then also, um, yeah just yeah and i think she might have had a dude back at home or something but yeah so i kind of got caught up in that and then yeah you know it's just yeah are you like throughout this do you feel like you're developing like more pride in being a part of the military and whatnot or are you just kind of fucking just experiencing the thing and no, I think it definitely getting more gung ho along the way. I mean, just in boot camp for sure, they like kind of get you on that path, like kind of I don't know, it's, yeah, like kind of brainwashing you, I guess, you know. But definitely getting more uh, fucking gung ho for sure, and then definitely like just the longer I was in, definitely, you know, got some tattoos, you know, uh, especially like going on deployment and whatnot because it's kind of inevitable, you know, because you're having this this shared experience with these people. You know, and to get to meet these people and becoming like friends and kind of and some of them have family, you know, meeting their families, you know, and seeing their families grow up while you go on deployments, coming back and, you know, their kids are bigger and you're kind of seeing it at the same time they are and stuff. So you definitely uh, it all kind of gets lumped in together with, yeah, with kind of getting gung ho, I guess, getting getting uh, moto motivated. Yeah, about the whole thing because it's just like yeah, it's your friend, you know. Yeah, it's a family, it's a shared experience. So, kind of like this coronavirus thing, I guess you know. For sure, we're all going through it together. Yeah, man. Are you uh, like so? When you come off deployment, you go back to San Diego. Are you? Is that like a weird situation to adjust back to, or is it pretty pretty easy to like jump back into that routine? No, it's tight. I mean, you're definitely like looking forward to it, you know, being out to sea for six, six to nine months or something. You're definitely looking forward to it. Um, and you're going back to home, basically. Yeah, also, like yeah, you're especially. only like an hour from where we grew up. Yeah. So definitely like it was big. Yeah, definitely way better for me and stuff like definitely. Because, uh, yeah, even one time, like, Sean and Ricky and Vern, like, showed up, you know, to me getting back on deployment and fucking picked me up and stuff. So, like, I definitely felt always close to home, still being in San Diego. So, uh definitely wasn't hard for me. And, yeah, it's nice, you know, you, got, you come back from deployment, we show up back up at base. Uh, we usually all, you know, every, the whole team will probably get that weekend off, you know. Or whatever, a couple of days off, and then um, half the team will get two weeks off. You know, first two weeks off, and then when they come back, the other half the team will take you know the whole two weeks off or whatever. You know, or however much time you want, probably less than two weeks or less. But um, yeah, so it's pretty easy for me. For me, it wasn't too bad. I didn't. I didn't have a, a wife and kids right or nothing like that you know Fuck, that's gotta be rough i had a girlfriend at some time at times you know and i fucked that off so i probably should i mean i probably fucked that up somehow but uh yeah but you're not like yeah like you said you're not missing your kids yeah. or anything like that yeah. not like getting to see them grow up right. while you're out right right yeah i'm just you know cracking the beers with the homies and 
talking about, you know, whatever I missed, if anything. It was, yeah. So, for sure. And then, yeah, there's a large percentage of those people that come back to San Diego that that isn't where they grew up. It's not exactly. their home. So they're still fucking far away from wherever mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And like, I could go home on the weekends too. Like when on regular, like when I wasn't on deployment. So yeah, it was even easier for me. So, uh, yeah, I, th- yeah. I feel like that's, you know, I would see you every once in a while during that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, it was definitely not the case for a lot of people. So it was probably pretty tough for the others, but yeah, it's kind of part of the lifestyle, I guess, you know, are you still like, you know, after that first deployment, you're coming back to San Diego. Are you still like feeling good about the contract you're under, or is there any itch at this point, like to finish up? Or are you? No, I'm chilling. The first deployment, still just like fresh, couple months in to the career or whatever. Still like figuring out. Yeah, still getting my salt on my boots, as they would say, or something. So like, I'm feeling cool. It was only the Hawaiian back only a couple months so like yeah i'm stoked you know not stoked but yeah like i'm living on i was <coughs> it was easy for me too because like at where i was stationed at i got to live on base until i could move off base but like say that i got you know um back in the day it's like say you get stationed on the ship you know like your cribs on the, like you're living on the ship you know you might be coming home to the ship every night like your personal clothes or whatever is all on the ship you know so i had my own spot like on base or whatever a little barracks room you know kind of like the the college dorm thing again. like your own personal room not even sharing it no, with i anybody? had one roommate okay. and they were still doing inspections every every week or whatever but this is your spot. But like you got yeah. a TV. Yeah. This yeah, is like yeah. your pad. Yeah. Yeah. I can have video games. I could throw up some artwork on the walls. I can have a sound system, a computer, whatever. Yeah. You know, they can't, like, we have to be quiet at a certain time, but they can't tell you to fucking just go to bed at whatever time anymore. You know, shit like that. Uh, so that was key. So, like, it wasn't bad for me at all. But if, like, if you're living on the ship, like, I could see how that might be a little shitty after a while. So I was still stoked after my first appointment. And then, you know, uh, another six months after that or something, then I go on another deployment. And that one's like a real one, though, you know, like six, six, seven months or whatever. And that's like around the world type thing, you know, to drop some troops off over to fight the war on terrorism and then pick them up and all that good stuff. Are Are you like paying attention to what's happening, I guess, news wise, while you're kind of involved in this? As far as like troops being deployed to different areas and and whatnot, is there is there a sense of that or no? Uh, I mean, kind of to a little bit, but it wasn't too crazy because I feel like by the time I was in, it was kind of just uh, pretty routine. Like they're still fighting the war on terrorism, you know. But it's from you know it happened while we were in high school, you know, yeah. sophomores in high school or freshmen. But uh, I think sophomore might be right. I don't know. Uh, yeah, nine eleven, two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Graduated oh three. So yeah, it must have been like sophomore so, year around there. So so like so yeah. So we're still fighting the war on terrorism. You know, you know, a couple of years later, five years later, whatever. So six years later. So 
it's you know it pretty much had i did that shit's coming down the pipeline that i'm getting deployed or whatever and it wasn't like yeah it wasn't anything new so i wasn't uh yeah wasn't too worried about staying on top of things at that at that time so and where's like uh where's the first spot that you hit in like around the world are you just like cruising the ship from place to place kind of thing or what yeah so uh yeah this usually you know especially if we're coming from san diego it's like san diego hawaii is like the next spot because it's just like kind of next in line then you might hit guam up because that's kind of next on the, on that little routine and then uh after that then it can kind of vary i guess but yeah it's kind of I, I don't know how exactly how they figure out the planning you know they have because like for us we have so many marines on board and our goal is to drop off the marines in country so they have to figure out i don't know what the stops are along the way it's like yeah so it's like guam and then we might hit singapore or thailand or we might just go straight to uh kuwait and then offload the marines and then kind of float around in that area and then like you might go to dubai or bahrain and kind of hang out you might get a couple of days off the ship be able to stretch your legs go to the mall or something in yeah in dubai and shit and then um get back on the ship and then pick up the marines and then you head back home but then you might get to hit australia up or singapore or japan you know and then yeah some pretty deep pockets of time though where you're just on the ship in the middle of the water for days and days for sure for sure yeah you can definitely easily go a month if not two to three months out there uh without coming back out like coming into into port anywhere and like uh yeah usually after three days you have like a beer day or whatever everybody gets one beer type of deal on board and shit but um yeah definitely especially like when shit's real or some shit's about to go down definitely you're gonna not see land for quite some time because they can have ships come out and bring you supplies and bring you fuel and stuff like that so okay you're just out there is that shit i don't know you start to go stir crazy like bug you out after a while from just fucking not being on land and being trapped on this ship for sure for sure definitely yeah it's when you get hella good at fifa or fucking (laughs) you get hella swole or fucking you know I don't know. There's nothing you can do. So you just figure it out and figure out what else you like to do, I guess, or not do. But did, yeah. you, did you handle that, that end of things pretty well at that time? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And like for, uh, for me, it was easy too. Cause like, yeah, I didn't have a job on the ship. So like I had a lot of free time. So definitely just like, yeah, working out and playing video games and doing your thing. Yeah. Is there like a full, like aside from like a bunch of, weights to lift or whatever but is there like a full gymnasium where you can fucking like play basketball like recreational sports kind of shit going on on the ship at all uh, i'm sure like definitely like bigger ships they wouldn't mind i have a gymnasium but they might have a hoop you know put up in a hangar bay or something like that people can shoot around or some kind of some kind of vehicle deck or the flight deck or something for sure but it just kind of depends on the size of the ship some ships might have uh, a couple weight rooms with fucking treadmills and ellipticals and the whole fucking not TVs and the motherfuckers, you know, not like showing live TV, but playing videos of of just like movies and stuff on on CCTV. But um, and then like all kinds of weightlifting equipment. And then other ones might just have you know like some dumbbells or you know a punching bag. I don't know, you know, it just kind of depends on the size of the ship. But 
Yeah, there's always something. And what's like food situation on the on the ship? Are you like eating at set times every day? Or like do you have some freedom in that that you're like you can go grab food whenever you want? Uh it kind of varies. It depends. Yeah, it definitely depends on the ship. It depends on what your job is. Um there's definitely like set hours for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um but then depending on like what kind of operations might be going down on, on said ship, you know, since since my unit we were doing amphibious operations, like we would might, you know, be up earlier in the morning the days we have operations. And with that being said, like a lot of the crew of the ship has to be up earlier anyways, because if we're all working together on doing whatever we're doing. So so like the galley might be open, you know, earlier for everybody that's in operations or whatever. So there's definitely hours can be kind of switched up, but, you know, they accommodate it. And then I'm sure on some of these big ships, they might even have like some sandwiches you can just take and go at any, you know, any point in the day or yeah, all kinds of whatever types of shit. And then like on Sundays, I might have omelets to order, you know, cooked to order and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's uh, and then. You know, officers have their own different galley, and they probably got way better food. And, <laughs> and then the chiefs got their own different spot, their own galley, where they probably get way better food than everybody else. And they got all the hot sauce options and shit. While we just get fucking Tabasco, they got <laughs> they got the fucking Cholula and the Texas Pete and shit. Are they like feeding you like shit that's healthy though to like maintain like nutrition shit, or are you kind of being fed like? Uh, slop, I don't want to say slop. You, you, I don't know, but like it, it probably also varies on the ship for sure. Like the size of the ship depends on who, how important the people on the ship are. If you have a whole bunch of admirals and fucking brass and shit, they probably got some fucking dank food. Not gonna know? feed them garbage when they're yeah. trying to fuel the the fucking the key pieces. Yeah, you know. And then like if it's a small ship, then like their cook probably has a little more freedom too with like kind of spicing it up or something. If he knows his crew and shit like that. But um, it's a little mixture of both. It sometimes it's some institutional feeling type food, you know. Some I'm pretty sure some of the boxes say you know food for institutional use only type shit, and then um, definitely some like cafeteria tasting type shit. But then there's also fucking steak and lobster nights and shit like that. So they fucking I don't know. It's yeah, who knows? Maybe some fucking um. Uh, some fucking powdered eggs or some fucking yeah i don't know the milk might come in boxes and and bags inside yeah. that box and be able to be hot but you know but can you like if you're hungry throughout the day can you like grab a cup of noodle or like some chips or some shit yeah like, yeah 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 there's there's usually like a ship store and shit okay. or you can buy exactly like a cup of noodles some snickers some fuck well all kinds of ghee dunk as they call it like vending machine vending food vending machine type food yeah because everybody shit, like, is like on some different schedule yeah shit. yeah yeah you can buy your cigarettes from this mug you can get some uh some shampoo or a bar of soap or some toothpaste your little toiletries all kinds of little little, little bodega, what minus the fucking the the chopped cheese and shit. Yeah, like what about there's some like I don't know is there is there video games you can purchase on the ship or is that shit that you're bringing with you? Like, you're you're definitely bringing that, and then you know once you stop off in a country, like you're definitely trying to find whatever you can if that's your thing. Uh, 
but yeah, you might. You might I guess it depends on what it is, though. Like, because with video games and DVDs, they got like the source country code or whatever. You yeah, know, and you can't like, yeah. But but then there's also like the Naval Exchange Store, the NEX, you know, and they might have that on base if you're going okay. to another country that has a, a like a U.S. naval base on it. They'll probably have one of those stores, and then you can fucking find all kinds of whatever you're you need. getting the American version. Yeah, yeah, you're there. getting what you want for sure. That's wild. Um, what was it like for you going to some of those third world countries for the first time? What was that experience like? Uh, it was a trip for sure. A huge trip. Uh, just like humbling, you know, being being fucking a minority. Uh, just being like, yeah, in that situation where you don't you don't speak the language where, you know. You're the outsider. Yeah, you know, and like everything's just moving around you so fast and just crazy and places with no street lights and crazy traffic, but nobody's getting hit by cars. But yet, like, yeah, it's just chaos in the streets and stuff. Horns going off, dogs running around, kids running around. It's a, yeah, it's definitely a trip. It's very humbling. It's tight seeing some of these crazy parts of the world. But it's, yeah, a lot of poverty out there. And it's, yeah, it's just a, it's just a trip knowing how lucky we have it, you know. Uh, yeah, like Djibouti, Africa, like that was definitely like a cool place, but definitely a dusty, just kind of dirty, not like grimy, but just like just a dusty place, you know. With yeah, just dusty shit everywhere, dusty people, yeah, just like, but amazing people and shit, and kids running around trying to get some money and. Yeah, everybody's just trying to make it, just like here, but just, yeah, this looks different. Different circumstances. Yeah. Uh, yeah, got to imagine that helps you appreciate your shit a little bit more. For sure. When you walk into that. Um, would you uh, Would you have much interaction with the, the locals? For sure. Uh, probably not as much as I wish I should have, like, looking back, you know, um, but definitely had plenty of times yeah going out especially drinking boozing as much as i did back then you know meeting new people and yeah eating and yeah just interacting with folks for sure so i definitely had my fair share of interactions with with locals and in different places you know yeah you find yourself in any uh like sketchy situations when you're fucking kind of off on your own getting to do your own thing when you're in those countries uh yeah, not personally, no. Like for me, where I felt like I was in a sketchy situation, but I was definitely around friends and other people that were the type of people that would get themselves in, in some sketchy situations. And so definitely, uh, so yeah, kind of yes and no, I guess. Like, oh, I was never too sketched out because I stayed clear, but I was, you know, within sight of always seeing some sketchy shit going down. Yeah. So I would imagine if you don't have like kind of that humbled attitude when you're in those places and maybe have like this fuck you to these people kind of mentality of like I'm from America bitch like <laughs> yeah yeah and there's definitely people that you go out with and people in the certain you know like your homies that will be like that you know and yeah and you kind of don't realize it until you see it in the, in, in the flesh and whatnot so it's definitely a trip cuz yeah and then it's kind of good to be that person to kind of put people like kind of you know get the homie in check i guess hopefully you know 
but yeah, it does kind of suck being that person a lot of times. But um, yeah, sometimes it kind of works out for the better being that person, I guess, for all parties involved. But um, yeah, definitely like in Singapore, there's definitely um a lot of uh, I guess they say it's like the ca- the plastic surgery capital of the world and whatnot. And like you know, back in when I was in, there's like term like lady boys and whatnot and that's supposed to be like a pretty popular thing out there in singapore and thailand yeah i definitely had some some sailor friends that may or may not be into that but uh definitely yeah like i don't know probably just just how culture is these days where it's like phobia and and you know anger against trans people or you know or any person in any you know shape or form and uh yeah so seeing some altercations almost come down like you know you know come to come out like that so yeah yeah. for sure i would also imagine like there's got to be quite a few of the you know the native people to those those spots who don't appreciate the military presence as well for sure for sure yeah yeah, I can. Only, yeah, especially like, yeah, I you know go to places like Japan. You know, now I, I imagine you know it's not that bad anymore. You know, but you know I feel like I'm sure there's some people that feel some type of way from World War Two or Vietnam or you know. Well, fuck. I mean, how often, how many times in your life in America have you seen troops from other countries? You know, like walking around. Right. It's like never. Right, I've right. never. I've never. Right. Right. Seen right. that shit here. Right yeah facts for sure yeah it should yeah it's crazy so yeah definitely uh yeah craziness when you were like camped out on a beach or something like how long how long would you be on one of those stints where you're like maybe you're in Djibouti and like are you camped out ever like on a beach type situation there so, so luckily not in Djibouti that was on a, some other mission type stuff away from my unit that was like solo deployment type of thing so i was different but uh but yeah so like on other deployments you know if it's just a drill like sometimes we'll be drilling out there and going out to the beach and going to the beach out there in like indonesia and like camping out for probably like three or four days out there um or going to the actual doing like an actual uh onload and offload of like marines out in kuwait and would be would be on base out there for like two weeks but like out there in kuwait though there was actually a base so we'd be on the beach during the day doing operations and we can go to the base during the day and chill out in the base and whatnot but um yeah so usually a couple of days but uh yeah and then also well, there's a couple of times where I got to camp out where it's like kind of like me and one other person solo out in the middle of nowhere. So that was interesting. But that was only for a couple of days, too. You probably turn like the actual handle on the mic, too, might oh, shift towards you. There we go. Sorry, that thing's being a little a little finicky on you. Um, yeah, I would imagine like those situations, too. Like you're you're being forced into situations where you're stuck with people. So your tolerance and patience for people must benefit from that a little bit for sure for sure yeah but at the same time i feel like i do have a shorter fuse now too like i don't have i my fuse is long i guess but in my mind 
I'd be I'd be blowing the fuck up. Like I'd be <laughs> I'd be pissed in my mind sometimes when it comes to dealing with people. So I think that definitely comes from the military too though, because you kinda expect people to hold themselves to a certain value or put in a certain amount of work in certain situations. And when people don't meet my standards in my mind, sometimes I get a little irritated. But I think I do a good job of like holding holding it in on my face, I guess. But I don't know. For sure. Um So when you're going, when you're coming back from like a long trip like that, you're doing like seven months or something, um, and you get back to San Diego, kind of knowing that another one of those long trips is, you know, on the books, is that start to fuck with your mental a little bit? Uh, uh, I don't know. It kind of depends on what I don't know which expectations of the whole thing was. I I guess I think when I I went in, I kind of expected to I wanted to see as much as I can and go out as much as I can on deployments. I I told myself you know regardless if I'm gonna be a Navy SEAL or not or whatever, like I'm gonna try to like actually if I'm gonna be on sea duty, I'm gonna try to go out and be deployed as much as possible and shit. So like so I even volunteered for a deployment. That's I ended up going to Djibouti on my own or whatever. So uh so I definitely don't think uh coming home from a deployment knowing I had to go back out was like a hindrance to me. I kinda look at I looked forward to it at the time. Yeah, did that also like help pass the time even a little quicker of your you know, of your contract when you're actually out and about instead of just being stationed? I think so, for sure. Yeah, I think so. And then, yeah, especially like going on my extra deployments, I get to get extra training and whatnot. So I got to go to a army base. I got to go to Fort Bragg's and like shoot some real big guns instead of just the regular boot camp shit. So that was cool, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So it's just the more I put myself out there, the more opportunities, the more experiences you get. So if I wouldn't have volunteered to go to, to Djibouti, I would never got to go to to Egypt and see the pyramids and the Sphinx oh, and all that, you know. So I don't even fun. know that I knew that you you went to Egypt and yeah. saw that shit. So yeah, you know, fuck. I'm, I, yeah, I feel like not too many people will get that that opportunity to go see that stuff. Yeah, you know. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so yeah, so that was tight. Uh, is there a spot that you feel like stands out to you the most through all that travel, or a spot that you're kind of itching to maybe go back to as a as a civilian and kind of have free reign over your trip i think australia would be tight for sure um yeah australia would be dope um yeah all them spots really that i'd be willing to go back to if given the opportunity uh singapore thailand would be amazing i'd probably uh yeah i'd probably go with thailand somewhere um yeah, but Australia and Thailand, I guess, probably my my two biggest ones I'd like to revisit. <laughs> uh, so, like during all this, do you are you seeing some sort of future of like staying in the military ever at all, or did you kind of feel like after your contract was up that you would probably move on to the next thing? Uh. I, I, 
I think I kind of knew I was going to get out eventually, but I definitely thought about staying in because I feel like I did a pretty good job. I was a squared away sailor. Like out of my, my, you know, five years in, I ended up getting, making advancements every time, you know, I was, they were available to me. So I definitely uh, felt like I was doing a good job. Making moves. Yeah. Like I could have been, I could have been doing all right by the time, if I would have stayed in, I would have been. You know, right where I was supposed to be at, if not further ahead. So, uh, but no, I I think I knew I wanted to get out. I think uh, I knew just having smoked marijuana before getting in a couple times, like I I knew that I wanted to, yeah, not be super strict, I guess. And there's other things I wanted to experience in life. Not saying that I couldn't experience them in the military, but I just wanted a little more freedom. Yeah, because you can't like fuck around with that that shit, really, right? Like, yeah, you're not supposed to. Definitely not. No, no uh, reefer. You know, no, yeah, none of that. So people do though. You know, it's just like any other job. So, yeah, people do, but yeah, it's just I don't I don't want to fake the front. Like if I'm gonna do if I'm gonna do some drugs, I'm gonna do some drugs. I don't know, I'm a yeah, have a job, a job that will allow it somewhat, I guess. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I guess, whatever that means. Some, something that's not so closely monitored. Right. No, I feel that. It's nice to not be in some sort of situation where you have to worry about being drug tested often or, or you know, anything like that. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, I like to move around. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I figured I'd get out eventually. But so I did. That uh, that whole situation, though, like, make you real comfortable with moving around or maybe even get a little restless when you're in one spot for a while? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think I definitely like to move around a bit or, yeah, or put myself into, like, deployment mode or something. I don't know. But, yeah, I definitely feel like that has made it easier for me to pick up and move to one spot from another with no problem or kind of throw myself into one situation where I know I might be into it for a while and then I have to switch it up to something else. Or Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But there was, like, no question for you when this contract was up. Like, I'm not staying in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There was no question. Is there a lot of... uh them pushing for you to continue on uh no not really it wasn't too bad for me personally i don't i think uh yeah it wasn't i don't know i i was yeah it wasn't too bad for me personally there wasn't too many people trying to get me to stay in i don't feel like in a lot of situations they will depending i mean unless you're like officer or something or some crazy position or some kind of specialist of some sort you know but there's definitely like you get reenlistment bonuses and stuff like that, you know. So I, you know, could have made a couple grand or something by signing re-upping my contract or whatever. But yeah, I was I was cool. I I saw what I wanted to see. Yeah, it would have been. I mean, I could have you know signed up for another couple of years and did my shore duty and tried to find somewhere nice to lay up, you know, for like three or four years in like Hawaii or Japan or something like that. But I yeah, I was just like I got. I got my experience out of what I was, I got what I was looking for. So I'm cool. So like when that contract's up, is there any obligation beyond that? 
Yeah, uh, usually you have to do like some some uh, some reserve thing or like some weekend warrior shit. Yeah, or? but you don't go in. Actually, it's called like inactive ready reserves or whatever. So it's just like if some if some, if the fucking bombs about to go off, they'll fucking call you. But yeah, but yeah, they they're gonna call the real. They're gonna have the reserves in there before you. But if they need some backup, backup, they might call the the in the inactive ready reserves. Is there any sort of like transitional process like when you're done? Like do they offer any guidance counseling or anything of that nature? Uh yeah, I'm sure they do. Um especially like I'm sure for people that have seen like a lot of combat when um I I hope that they have some guidance some therapy and whatnot. But um yeah, there's definitely like a class. they'll have like at least a class. There was one class at least for me that was like a couple of weeks like a week or two weeks long when you get out that uh you know they try to help you write a resume and tell you you can go apply for some jobs but it's not anything too too great but yeah they have resources but they don't you know they don't seem to really push them on you or kind of tell you how important they are at the time it seems like for sure i mean i know that's like something as far as like even medical shit and stuff you just started kind of take not even i feel like taking advantage of is the is the wrong wrong way to phrase it because you obviously like put the time in and fucking earn those benefits but like even those things it seems like you've had to like seek out pretty heavy they're not just like right there in front of you you have to like go find that information or you have to like really go after it yourself to to get those sort of benefits and whatnot yeah for sure like i didn't even know about yeah, too much of like this disability stuff and whatnot until actually talking to some uh, some veteran friends of mine that I've yeah met post well one of them I knew in high school but we didn't well we like we started talking again after we both served and whatnot <clears throat> and then my other buddy Javi that uh yeah met post military through a through another friend or whatever living back at home but um. But fuck, that's like ten years removed, almost. Like, yeah, yeah, and that's just crazy because, yeah, it definitely put me in a lot better situation than I was before. And uh, yeah, shit's wild. Uh, not even thinking about like, yeah, applying for some some disability claims, and whatnot, for some of the 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 injuries or trauma I may have, uh, you know, went through in the military and whatnot. And then, yeah. And then, like, it's, yeah, it's hard, too, because some of that stuff, you know, when you're in, uh, dudes be playing tough. And women, you know, we all have the superhero complex and whatnot. So, like, there's a lot of things you didn't want to go to medical about or whatever or, you know, be bitching about, you know, while in the service. And then, you know, it does kind of end up being something that affects your everyday way of life, you know. And then, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you got to bring it up to somebody at some point you don't have to but you know you never know uh closed mouths don't get fed that's probably not the best way to put it but uh it's true (laughs) but uh yeah you know if if you don't bring up some of your complaints not complaints but some of your issues nobody's gonna know what they are and and in the grand scheme of things there's a lot of people that have been in the military you know and uh yeah we've all kind of had this big shared experience and uh a lot of a lot of us have suffered the same injuries so you never know unless you say something 
like what everybody else is going through unless you kind of say something because yeah we all kind of like to be quiet and not talk about our experience so yeah for sure i'd imagine like those things get a bit easier to to process too when you're a little more removed from them too and like probably don't realize how much of that shit is like affecting you physically or mentally like while it's actually happening until you're away from it for sure yeah you know yeah definitely because like uh yeah i don't know uh once once you're in and you're out i mean you kind of see how yeah how the military lifestyle bleeds over into the civilian well it's going to bleed into your civilian lifestyle because it's something that you can't like you can't just switch off necessarily you know whatever mindset that you you were trained to be in you know while in the service or whatever so and then it's just trying to find out how to you know live your best life whatever that means you know post-military and whatnot yeah yeah, like uh, as far as that transition to civilian life for yourself, like was that something you struggled with heavy, if at all? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, definitely. I feel like it's an everyday kind of struggle. I mean, uh, not to say like also the military was a perfect lifestyle because I guess like while you're going through that, you're probably struggling to be within that lifestyle, you know. But uh definitely uh it's something that i still kind of battle with these days because like i said i still feel like i get kind of ticked off when i don't think people are like working up to a certain standard or whatever you know especially if it's like something that everybody else is doing you know busting their ass to get the job done and somebody's you know bullshitting you know it's uh it's disappointing and, and it, yeah and it frustrates me sometimes but it's just like there's nothing i can do about it so it's like i have to kind of grips with like there's i need to stop getting so upset about that for I, sure I'm, i mean that's got to be hard when not everybody around you has been through that same sort of discipline training especially when you're around so many people for so long that have been through that that same right, sort right. of process and are, are on the same page to some degree with that level yeah exactly yeah and, and civilian lifestyle is not our world workforce is not necessarily like that in all places so I have to understand that or uh, communication or, you know, it's just not things are not the same. And so it's just, you know, I have to remember that it's not the same and I'm not the same. You know, I'm in a different place now. I need to look at things differently and uh, but use, you know, use the training and things that I've been through or seen or whatever kind of to, uh, you know, use it to my to my benefit still, but but yeah, it's yeah, it's just totally different being a civilian for sure. What do you what would you say you miss most about like the military lifestyle? Uh, just the yeah, just like the group sense of structure and 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 shit, I guess. Because yeah, it's not you know like with now with this craziness of in the world it's definitely like a us versus them mentality with politics and you know and black lives matter and and fucking blue lives or fucking antifa and proud boys and it's, you know all this shit it's you know us versus them and like it's the same thing in the military it's us versus them but it's it's real def- definitive on what side is us you know so so everybody does have like that 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 
you know, hive mind or that, you know, they just, yeah, where everybody's in tune for the for the most part of of the greater the greater good the greater goal or whatever what we have in common, so it makes shit a lot easier. But outside of that, you know, now it's yeah, us and them is a lot more complicated. Yeah, for sure, and uh, yeah, I would imagine you know the 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 people that haven't had any of that like military experience like you know they don't uh they maybe don't understand what the real us versus them is or you know not that you know america or americans are better than other people or whatnot but like you start to see some civil wars starting to unfold again you know on the day-to-day it's mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. what the fuck are we doing mm-hmm and like when I say us versus them, I'm not saying that there was like anybody at <clears throat> any certain time that was, you know, the enemy or whatever. Either it's just them as as a as a situation or as a, a obstacle, whether it be terrorism or it might be a fucking a flood. Like a lot of the shit that my unit did was I didn't personally. My team didn't deploy on on a lot of human or uh, like natural disaster uh, relief type stuff, but definitely like they did other teams so like just any situation where people need help you know yeah that's what i meant by them or just even the sense that you know people are out in the service trying to to really uh douche some shit to protect people's freedoms while people are here doing some civil war shit right 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 yeah so uh what about uh you know being in a fucking black dude in the military was there any like blatant racism that you would have to deal with from time to time uh i don't i don't think so i mean yeah i'm sure there was uh but nothing too crazy that i can remember i don't i don't think i recall anybody really starting no drama with me personally um i don't i don't think i ever got like held back in any way with my personal experience but i imagine i would be surprised if in some other you know situations where it's you know kind of hard to be somebody of color whether they're you know black brown uh whatever um yeah so i'm sure that is definitely a problem that exists but it wasn't anything for me yeah personally definitely more so coming out as a civilian because nobody like people don't know if i'm a veteran or not or if i served or not even they might not even fucking care which is you know doesn't make a difference you know on them good or bad so yeah so definitely it's more of a thing now though because like yeah i've definitely been set on the curb or putting handcuffs for no reason post-military so yeah it's kind of trippy for sure is it uh is it hard? Do you feel like it's hard to compartmentalize like that bullshit? Like as you like as the world like our America kind of becomes like more and more polarized, and you start to see like the amount of people that are like blatantly racist and shit. Is does that like get harder day to day, or do you just figure out ways to compartmentalize that mentally? Uh, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I guess I kind of just keep my mouth shut, I guess. I guess. So, yeah. 
And then, you know, like if I feel comfortable, like, you know, if it comes up, I don't have no problem telling somebody I'm a veteran or whatever or, you know, but, um, yeah, I think definitely I, it's not like something I really jump out to share with a whole bunch of people. And, uh, yeah, I definitely feel like uh, a lot of people in this country probably don't realize how many people of color, of all shades of color and different backgrounds and religions actually serve in the military across all the different branches, you know, and that are actually like, you know, fighting for, like I said, fighting for everybody's freedoms and whatnot. And yeah, so it's just a trip. It's it's unfortunate because, yeah, so I don't think a lot of people realize how diverse the military actually is. Yeah. I mean, and just even outside of the military shit, like it can't be, I can't imagine it's super dope to see like how many people are like so upfront about their uh their feelings towards you know people of color or whatnot you know yeah yeah it's crazy i mean yeah it's crazy to see from the outside so well i mean i guess it's it's cool that it's not cool but it's uh it's good to know how people feel comfortable enough to say how they really feel, I guess, because now it's like I, you know, you know, you know, you can't who you can and can't fuck with. So yeah, it's like yeah. Do you have any feelings towards? Uh, I don't know. I feel like at this point where we're at right now, when people see people waving around the American flag, whether it's like on some big four by four truck or you know people waving these big flags and shit. Um, I don't know. I feel like those people in some way have like co-opted what the American flag means. Does that shit bother you at all? Or Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely. Uh, makes you feel some type of, I can't, yeah, of course I can't, but help but feel something when I see somebody, yeah, especially in a jacked up truck with the American flag waving, you know, especially if it's like, it's yeah, uh, American flag on one side and Trump flag on the other side. That's one thing. But but if it's like two American flags, then it's always like yeah, I wonder. You know, it's just like I wonder. You yeah. know, like oh yeah, maybe like we're on the same team. I mean, I guess we're all on the same team, right? Because we're all want to want America to be great. I guess maybe yeah. It's we debate on whether it's been great before or not. Yeah. But um, uh, fucking. Yeah, I don't know. It definitely makes me feel some type of way, but it's just so weird how much like negative connotation there is to it now. Like when you yeah, see somebody kind of waving the flag around. Yeah, it sucks. It's it's sad. It, it makes it that way, you know. And then um, and still just like the whole protesting thing about like it's still being about the the military taking an E and shit, and that's how that's disrespectful to the flag. It's just like oh my gosh, how are we still how is that argument even still a thing you know so it's just people look at it look at it however they want to so i don't know yeah kind of just give up on all that shit yeah for sure i was just super curious about that because i guess like i don't know it's oh. like you serve time for this this flag that like now most people that aren't i guess you know associate themselves with like some proud boy movement or even the Trump thing at this point just yeah. kind of hijacked that American flag that all these people, you know, have died for, or like, I don't know, man, yeah. it's just like, or even having like a sense of pride about like representing your country at the Olympics or something. It's just like carrying around that flag just seems to like mean something different than it did 
to just put it out on Fourth of July or you know things oh, like sure. that now. For like sure. now when you drive by, or at least for myself, like when I, you know, drive by somebody's house and I see that American flag out, it's just like, are you trying to like express your uh, right wing politics right now, or are you trying, or like, are you just like? I love America, you know, because right, like right, those right. things are so different now. Right, it's right. Just, it's your story, yeah, it's hard. You can't tell what anybody's intent is anymore. Yeah, yeah, it sucks for sure. Because definitely, like, I remember coming out of boot camp, like looking at the flag a whole new way and shit. Because uh, you know, in boot camp and on base, on the ship or whatever, every night uh, they play they play fucking taps. You know, at I can't I think it's at sunset they play it every night. What it, what is that? It's just it's just like a bugle thing, and it's like the end of the night or whatever. But you know, um, uh, it's kind of like I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like one of those things, like where it's kind of like a rest in peace to like all those you know different you know people that have gone before and whatnot, like a final good night to them type of deal. But it's just every night, you know, it's just taps, and then there's reveille in the morning. It's you know that infamous like bugle fucking boop 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 boop. boop okay, boop. yeah. So it's just the nighttime version of that or For whatever. Sure. It's just like slow and somber type shit. But like that shit, like just hearing that shit after boot camp, you know, and like if you're walking on base or whatever, or whatever you're doing, you have to stop, stand at attention, and then salute the flag, you know, and like find the nearest flag and then like salute it and shit and like that shit, like for sure, like coming out of boot camp would like low key like bring me to tears kind of you know because it's like yeah that shit means a lot you know for sure the flag and then yeah and now it's just like yeah it's just this yeah. weird thing now where you're just yeah, like it's like we're fighting over it we're both fighting over it and we could be fighting for different reasons and that's fucking lame yeah i feel like i have to like check myself in some way now when i see the flag and not just immediately want to be like oh that that's the that's the person that is like not for equality or right, like right, wants right, wants right. to continue down this road of you know mm-hmm. no uh no justice and shit so yeah. it's it's weird to but um, yeah nine times out of ten it does feel like it is that type of person though but it's just like fuck who really knows yeah. that's the problem nobody's talking to each other i don't know for sure we gotta ask this these people but i really don't want i don't know if i want to talk to them yeah it's hard to like want to get into those conversations because you just kind of assume that the person that's that that took the time to put two flags in the back of their truck is just like trying to do some boisterous like fuck you america shit like oh like this (laughs) this old school america you know like got fucking congressmen just like a day ago talking about asking people about the good old days of segregation it's like what the fuck are you talking about man, man? like what year are you living in you know mm-hmm. um fucking a man yeah it's all it's all fucked from jump street yeah but just to, to like wrap things up um overall it seems like your your military experience with the navy was like pretty positive and is obviously like informed like who you are and in the way that you operate, like is that like someone because people are so young that are going in, you're usually going in at that eighteen to early twenty range. This is something you would encourage folks to do, or do you feel like a lot of time and attention should be paid to like making that decision? Uh. Yeah, I think 
Yeah, I think definitely wouldn't be a bad idea to wait a year or two like I did. That I think that definitely helped out, but that's just me. Um, but definitely, uh, I don't know, just this day and age, people are different. I feel like uh, we all, I think a lot of people are a lot more hypersensitive to uh, their uh the how they how they're looked at by everybody else i guess and how their 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 actions might come off so i think a lot of people are probably even more like scared to join the military these days just because i feel like it's kind of got a negative you know yeah, connotation that, these days that same thing with the flag right it's like yeah. if you say you're going into the military a lot of people might just assume that your politics are a certain way or you feel a certain yeah. way towards people yeah exactly exactly so so I think that kind of sucks because that's like another whole nother, uh yeah, variable in the situation. But uh, if people can get past that, then if any, if you can get past that and it still seems like a good idea or a viable option, I think you should, you know, definitely look at it. Think of it as an option. I mean, even if you just put in your four, four years and, you know, hopefully you get out with, you know, 10, 10 fingers and 10 toes, like you'll have a lot more uh, resources available to you than you did before getting in when it comes to school or home, a home loan yeah. or all kinds of stuff. So, and I mean, obviously it's a spot where you're going to get fed. Like if yeah. you're, you know, yeah. if you're in some like economic crisis, yep. at least you know that you have like a place to stay and yep. you got, food to eat. You got food. You can learn a trade or two. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of jobs. There's fucking construction jobs. There's, uh, you, if you, if you, you know, if you play instruments, you can, you can get in the band, you know, uh, there's, yeah, everything. Yeah. And obviously, uh, I would assume that you would encourage any, any veterans out there that, that haven't, uh, looked into the, some of the benefits that they could be, uh, getting as far as like the medical and help and shit like that for sure most definitely uh take advantage of all that stuff most importantly yeah like your gi bill for sure uh take care yeah get enrolled in that pass it on to your kids or spouse or something if you don't want to use it but don't let that go by uh definitely medical um yeah you can get health care you can get uh i don't know if they do dental that might be you might have to pay for that one <laughs> but uh but yeah uh definitely look into filing claims for for disability there is a long list of different things in which the military may compensate you for for problems that you may have acquired prior to or after the military depending on your you know your time served and what may have happened so yeah it's definitely worth looking at it's uh, yeah it's a long list a lot of a lot of physical a lot of mental things and just also resources just uh to have somebody to talk to and stuff i need to do that more i need to get me a therapist so it's not easy to do on any yeah. front man it's just to like want to do that shit you know so. yeah um yeah and that's what might be holding up people too because like once you do apply for these claims and stuff you are gonna have to talk to somebody they're not just about, gonna give you like yeah. some shit if you say you have some sort of ptsd right right make you talk through it a little right, bit right exactly you're gonna have to tell them some stuff you're gonna have to be real and be real with yourself you know 
and stop trying to be a tough guy yeah. or a tough tough gal tough tough woman and uh and say what's real say how you really feel swallow the pride a little bit yeah you know so yeah it's a trip it is a trip man well I, this is i don't know it's cool to uh to dive into this for a couple hours with you and uh get to understand uh the experience a bit more you know yeah. we've been on this this journey together for a long time so it's uh i don't know it's just nice to to dive in a little bit more and gain some further understanding i don't know you're just like a dude i look up to i guess oh man thank you yeah like i don't know i just i don't know man i feel safe around you so <laughs> <laughs> like in some way like i don't know like but also just yeah just uh obviously somebody i've known for all my life pretty much since we were fucking little kids and shit running around playing ninja turtles and whatnot and uh but yeah for sure just like somebody that like i always see as like a stand-up dude and like someone that does always like fucking give like as much as they can to like what they're doing or whatever you know and has like a a strong work ethic or you know can help me out in the woods when i'm an idiot and don't know how to put a fucking tent up or some <laughs> shit. Uh, oh that shit was too funny dude we were both <laughs> tripping that shit was funny as fuck yeah you know <laughs> from fucking <laughs> video games as children to fucking tripping tripping in the woods at 30 yep, yep, yep <laughs> trying yep. to put a trying to put a tent up yep. <laughs> at the wrong time from mario's to mushrooms yeah you gotta fuck it comes full circle yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> the mushrooms were necessary for mario that's what i'm saying it gotta all get comes big. back around <laughs> it all comes back around cool man i appreciate you taking the time to fucking jump on the mics with me about this shit just you know trying to to jump outside of the the music world or whatever and uh diversify in some way and just you know I think it's cool for people to hear other people's experiences, especially like when they maybe don't have much understanding of the military and maybe do have like some of that negative connotation towards it and shit. And it's just like, you know, when you're in, you're not the one pulling the strings on all the commands and, the, sure. you know, the politics that go beyond it. Like you're, you're just in like yeah, doing the job. Yeah, for sure. For real, real talk. Yeah. It's just like you do what you're told, you know? And that's a trip too, cause like I, yeah, like I don't know. Personally, my experience, I don't know. I haven't been. I'm not too crazy on social media or like up on on the tabs with everybody. But uh, I feel like most people that I know that I serve with really don't comment too much on all this craziness that's going on out in the world these days. You know, but, <clears throat> I mean, that definitely some people, uh, uh, you know, state their opinion. But uh, I feel like it's funny that yeah, most people that I know that are veterans don't you know yeah don't just spit out there their opinion all the time they just you know chill yeah they're not the loudest voices yeah and then yeah it's all these other cats i just feel yeah sometimes i wish you know they you know everybody had some mandatory service i guess or yeah some shit like that a couple of years two years three years or whatever four maybe even but some in like some two. form but yeah, having it, to, you know? yeah, yeah, I think that'd make people chill out a little bit. But well, it's got to change your perspective on shit for sure. Yeah, but 
that might be too hardcore, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> There's some people. Um, cool, man. Well, uh, got to have you say the uh, the tagline for this show. This It's a program to, to properly end this thing. So if we get the... Uh, the Trent Bailey fucking it's a program we can we can properly sail this thing out. All right. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, it in fact is a program. He nailed it, everybody. That's that's my dude. Trent Bailey. Um, I'll put all the links in the episode notes and uh that's it, everybody. Maybe we'll play it out with some music. Maybe we won't. I guess we'll see when when uh <laughs> when this thing is is up and up and going. Um, thanks for listening. That's the Jelly Jams, and we will catch you on the flip side, Portland, or wherever you're listening from.
has been taking forever. It in fact is a program. <laughs>